Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Wednesday, March 15th, 2023. I'm Mike Cachopoli. Okay, here we are. Here we are on a Wednesday night. A Wednesday night. Um, middle of the week. And uh, boy, there's a lot to talk about. There's so much to talk about again. Always a lot on our plate. But remember, everything is everything. Everything is grist for our ever-grinding mill here on and let's be heard. Okay, uh, let's see. Have any more banks failed since we last spoke? Have any more banks failed since we last spoke? I, I don't know. I can't be I can't be quite sure. I think it's just been SVB Bank and then something called something called the uh, Signature Bank. Signature Bank also also failed. So um, hopefully no more banks failed. There's been a lot of panic, of course. There's been a ton of panic because of uh, of the bank failures that the bank stocks have dropped and the stock market is dropping. And, you know, people are just going crazy. And a lot of it has to do with the media, of course. The media drums up all this panic um, over... <clears throat> over uh, the bank failures and they make people think that, you know, like, like B of A, like Bank of America is actually going to fail. Bank of America is not going to fail. The major banks is nothing. The major banks aren't going to fail. Okay. It's not going to happen because this one bank, basically Silicon Valley bank was not run correctly. So, um, I think we need to, we need not worry. I believe we need not worry about about banks, about more banks failing, okay? And I think people need to calm down and relax and take a deep breath and stop dumping their bank stocks, making the stock market collapse. That's not what we want, okay? That's not what we want. That's not what we need. And what we really need is everyone just to simply simply calm down, okay? Everyone needs to simply calm down and... uh and really take a deep breath because, because, because there's a lot of people out there with, you know, with 401ks. Uh, yeah, that's right. More social contagion. Basically, that's what it is, Daniel, right? Right. Social, social contagion. And, um, and uh, these things spread so quickly, as we know. And once they spread, it's very hard for people to like, to like step back. It's hard to undo once you do it, basically. And the media, is, it's the fault of the media. They drum up all of this fear and hysteria. We've seen it. You know, I always bring up COVID, but it's before COVID. It goes way back. The media likes to do this. And uh, regular people do get hurt. Regular, I, I do know regular people with 401ks that are in trouble now because a lot of them have bank stocks, which, which generally were pretty safe. Bank stocks. And everything's dropping. All the banks are dropping. Bank of America, Charles Schwab, even Charles Schwab's not a real regular bank, but it's, you know, it's in that financial business sector and everyone is getting so nervous. Everyone's getting so panicked out there. Um, so I think we need to just relax. Now, there are real things here, and we spoke about some of them yesterday, right? But here, here's something which I think is even more important. This is even more important. Gavin Newsom... <clears throat> the hair gel king of California, praised the Silicon Valley bank bailout. He praised, he praised, 
he praised Daddy Biden for 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 bailing out SVB. Praised him, praised him. But he didn't disclose that he's a client. Newsom hailed the Biden administration's decision to federally insure, this is out of the New York Post, all depositors of Silicon Valley Bank without disclosing the fact that he failed lender counts, that the failed lender, that the failed lender counts the California governor as a client. What do you know? Gavin Newsom is a client, was, was a client of SVB. Newsom uh, owns three Northern California wineries that are listed on the bank's websites as clients, according to The Intercept. A longtime former aide of Newsom told The Intercept that the governor also maintained a personal account with SVB, which was put into a receivership by the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. A spokesperson for the governor, Nathan Click, told The Intercept, Governor Newsom's business and financial holdings are held and managed by a blind trust as they have been since he was elected in 2018. So, <laughs> of course, they're saying, oh, he has nothing to do with it. It's a blind to trust. Blind. What does that mean? Does that mean blind to truth? Blind to the laws? What is a blind trust? The Intercept cited bank records, which list clients, inc- including CADE, Odette, and Plumpjack, all of which are owned by Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom uh, and his wife, former lady, first lady, or California's first lady, I wish she was former, she's current the California first lady, Jennifer Siebel Newsom, they both have ties to SVP executives, according to the AP in 2021, SVP also donated $100,000 to a charity founded by Newsom's wife, uh, the bank cut a six-figure check to the nonprofit, the California Partners Project, at the request of the governor, the Intercept reported, the poster sought comment from Newsom's office and SVB, the newly created uh, an entity that is managing the accounts of the lender after it was placed uh, into FC, FDIC receivership. The Biden administration announced it would backstop all depositors, including those whose accounts held more than a quarter million, th- the threshold for the FDIC insurance coverage. Over the weekend, Newsom's office released a statement praising the move without noting that the governor is a beneficiary of the move. California Partners Project, a charity founded by Siebel Newsom, received 100 grand from SVB in 2021, according to The Intercept. The Biden administration has acted swiftly and decisively to protect the American economy and strengthen public confidence in our banking system, Newsom said in a statement. He didn't mention his own wallet. Their actions this weekend have calmed nerves. Well, they actually haven't. Uh, maybe he hasn't checked, but the stock market has been dropping 500 points a day. On our small businesses that kind of make payroll workers who get their paychecks. Yeah, and he brings up, he makes it look like all oh, the, the little guys are the ones who did fine. The little, it, help, it helped the little guys. Affordable housing projects. Newsom added, California is a pillar of the American economy. Yeah, right. Uh, federal leaders did the right thing, ensuring an innovation economy can continue to revert. This guy is so full of shit. Is there doing more full of shit than the hair gel king of California? Before entering politics, Newsom became a multimillionaire after he opened up Plump Jack Wines. He should drown in it, a San Francisco wine store that began in 1992 as the joint business venture with Gordon Getty, heir to the Getty Oil Fortune. He hangs out with the best of people, the, all regular ja- all regular people, blue-collar workers. The business then expanded, encompassing bars and restaurants, a Napa Valley winery, and a ski lift and lodge in Squaw Valley. Eh, I'd like to send them down the lift with a broken ski. The Newsoms are multimillionaires whose business interests include a winery, 
restaurants, bar. Yeah, we got that already. After Newsom was elected governor in 2018, he moved to to place ownership in Plum Jack Group in a blind trust. Title and control of the businesses were transferred to Shyla Hendrickson, a family friend, lawyer, and certified public accountant who agreed to serve as a trustee. Hendrickson is le- legally barred from speaking to Newsom about business considering. I'm sure she never does. I'm sure Shyla never, never speaks to Newsom about business considerations. Never. She made news during the pandemic when she re- relocated to Utah. <laughs> A state with far more lax business restrictions than California. This is too funny. Uh, the California governor praised the Biden administration's move to backstop SVP deposits without mentioning that he's one of them. Uh, God. Newsom's administration was widely criticized for imposing lockdown measures on restaurants, retail, and other business sectors during the coronavirus pandemic. By law, Newsom is permitted to maintain an ownership stake in the company. He's also... Um, legally allowed to sign legislation from which he would draw, which he would, listen to this, he's also legally allowed to sign legislation from which he would derive financial benefit so long as all the residents of the state could profit as well. <laughs> Newsom's most recent tax filing showed the governor first laid reported, oh, only, ah, what am I, only a million and a half in income in 2020? Wow. The governor's income included a $20,000 advance for a children's book. He wrote about dyslexia. The couple also donated 28 grand to charity. In 2019, the Newsom's earned 1.7 million. Uh, his wife derives her income from her documentary production. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> oh my God. He wrote a children's book about dyslexia. Does he have dyslexia? I don't. I don't get it. Maybe he had it, or he asked. Like, <laughs> oh boy! Once again, he profits from he profits from legislation. It's a coincidence. It's a blind trust. It's all blind. He's blind. He's blind to the Constitution. We know that. He's definitely blind to the Constitution. That's a that's a fact. But everyone's picking up on the story now. Of course, what will happen? We don't know. But this is written in the Post of Fox News. Uh, Business Insider, Daily News, National Review, they're all writing about it. They're all writing about it. It's all coincidence, of course. Just a happy coincidence for Gavin. Happy, happy coincidence. Wouldn't it, if he wasn't hiding anything, shouldn't he have just come out and said, oh, I just want to disclaim that I'm, uh, I have a connection to the bank. I've had a connection to this bank. Why not just come out and say it? Want to come out and get ahead of this and just say, if you have nothing to hide, say, I have a, I want to make sure everyone understands I have a connection to the bank. Just want to disclose that that might be perceived as a conflict of interest. I have a connection to the bank. Or I have a connection to the bank. How about this? I have a connection to this bank, so I'm not going to comment on this. I have a connection to the bank, so I'm not going to talk about this. I'm not going to praise or condemn it. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to stay out of it. I'm going to recuse myself from talking about this. Why couldn't he do that? Well, obviously, he wanted to hide this. But is that much of an idiot to think that they found this out in a matter of days? And he didn't know that? He didn't know there are maybe three or four real journalists still out there, like in the New York Post, who who are going to find out about this stuff. But no, once again, look, this goes to everything about this guy. This goes to everything about this guy. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. Because he knows his constituents won't care. Because he can do no wrong to the many of the Democratic voters, the extreme left-wing lunatic voters of California. He doesn't care. There is no, he's Teflon. He's Teflon Gavin. 
doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Look, these are the people. I I, I wrote this yesterday. There are people like Gavin Newsom, or if you look at um, you know, Karen Bass of L.A., if you look at a lot of these politicians, the Board of Supervisors here in San Francisco, like Dean Preston and Scott Wiener, the state senator from, from San Francisco, they know this is the only place. This is not only the only place in the country these people can get elected. This might be the only place in the world where these people can get elected. So they found it. They found the place in the world where they can get elected to office and have power over people. Because the people here are so insane. I know I've described this before, and I must continue to describe it this way. I'm living in an outdoor, open-air insane asylum here, where the insane people think they're normal and make you think you're not normal because they outnumber you. That's, I think that's the best way I can explain living here in San Francisco. You really feel like you're the crazy one which is why so many people left here. That's why so many people have left California, left the Bay Area, because they're tired of feeling that way when they know they're the normal ones. So what they what they are doing, and what I will eventually do, and everyone, when I do this, I know will do this. They'll be, oh, finally, this fucking guy finally got it. Um, but um, they they went to places where there are other normal people like them. They want, they, they, they said, okay, crazy people, have at it. Crazy people have your out, have your open air insane asylum to yourselves. Enjoy it, destroy it. Who cares? That's what they did. And I know there are people here. I, 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 I follow them on Twitter all the time. There are people here I know. I see them sometimes in public at events. Like you might have seen this guy on Fox a couple of times. His name is Richie Greenberg. He's run for mayor here a handful of times. And there are people here who truly seem to believe. Uh, they believe better things can happen here. Or they're just stuck here and they want to make the best of it. it it's it's got to be one. They either truly believe that real change can happen or, they, or they're just stuck here. They've been here for decades, their whole lives. They were born here. And they, this is the, they're trying to make the best of it they can by hoping, keeping hope alive. They, the way they can exist here and not go crazy and be at least somewhat happy is to believe, to have hope, to have faith that something can change. I, I don't believe it can. I don't believe it can. I would never consider running for politics here again in California or San Francisco because I don't believe it can change. I believe that it might, maybe it'll change 30, 40, 50, 60 years from now. What do I care? I'm not going to be here anymore. Um, but I, in my lifetime, I don't believe this can change. It's just too ingrained. The people here are too ingrained. They're too brainwashed. They're too part of their cult. It's not changing it's not changing it'll end the way the uh jamestown thing ended before it ends in a positive way it's it's just not going to happen it's not going to happen it's too far gone and look look what's getting national news. I, I i tweeted this out a few hours ago on twitter i said whenever san francisco makes national news it's for a negative reason how sad that is it's never for positive reasons anymore it's a negative reasons. And we all know what's happening now with the reparations for black people here. That's being covered all over. In fact, John Dennis, who I had on the show a few weeks ago, who's the chairman of the San Francisco Republican Party, was on CNN earlier today to talk about this. And he's been on Fox. So this is getting national news and uh, not in a good way because everyone who's not insane 
knows that the idea of giving people based on their race $5 million each is absolute bat crap lunacy. Bat crap lunacy. It's not, con it's not constitutional within the city. It's not constitutional within the California state constitution. It's not, con it's not constitutional with the U.S. constitution. It'll never pass muster. But the fact that they're talking about it shows how far gone they are. It shows how far. Now, I've said they're doing it for political reasons also, right? Just the way um, Joe Biden did his student loan bailout thing. And it worked, right? He did it just before the midterms. Young people showed for Democrats in the midterms, saving them a, a tsunami loss and losing the Senate because of his promise for the student. But now it went to, it's going to the Supreme Court. He will lose. But he knows that. But what he did was he used the naivete of the people, right? He used, he, he used the naivete of the left-wing voter, the young Democrat left-wing voter, to get votes and to win an election, okay? And that's exactly what the Board of Supervisors is doing here. I don't totally get it because they don't need to do this. I mean, I don't think they need to do this. Maybe they do nowadays. Maybe the black people aren't going to vote for them anymore. But I think here they wouldn't really need to do it to win elections. But I think they're doing it more of on a, they're hoping it goes national. And this is what they want. They want to, they want it to be seen nationally. Like Biden wants it nationally, obviously, the student loan thing. But they, even though they're in San Francisco, they know it's going to get national news that the great liberals, Democrats of San Francisco are coming to the aid of black people, are coming to the aid of minorities. Yes, the courts will knock them down. No one will ever get a check, just like no one will ever get their student loan dismissed. They know that. But they can say, they can do it and then say, well, look, we tried, right? It's a, it's, a, it's a way of virtue signaling in order to get a group of people who are very naive on your side and to vote with you, hopefully for a very long time. And yes, to fool them. And to fool them. Absolutely. They're fooling them. They're fooling people into believing this can actually happen. When, of course, it can't because it's insane and unconstitutional. And of course, I talked about this yesterday. The hoops I have to go through, you have to go through to get like a European passport. If you want to, let's say your ancestors come from Italy and you want a European passport, you have to go through hoops. I mean, uh, you have to go through so much paper, years and years of paperwork and digging up files that are almost impossible to find. And that's just like to prove like your grandfather and grandmother and maybe great grandfather and great grandmother come from Italy or were born there. It's, it's a very arduous process just to get a passport, let alone to get $5 million and prove, <laughs> prove that your ancestors were slaves. Where's the paperwork? Where's the lineage? Where, how do you go back that far? Where is it? What files do you find? It's impossible. It's, what, it, what it is is everything else the Democrats do. It's ripe for fraud. It's ripe for fraud. Just as we saw. Just as we saw with the COVID money and how all these businesses stole money, people didn't have businesses. They, 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 they made fake businesses. We saw people make three or four fake businesses and they got five, six, seven million dollars of COVID money. It's everything the Democrats do is ripe for, for corruption because it's totally idiotic. The paperwork is impossible to follow. It just doesn't work. There's no common sense or uncommon sense around it. You can't do it. And so what happens is people find loopholes to steal money.
And that's what would happen with this, if it were to happen, which it won't. But if it were to happen, that's exactly what would happen. And can't you just identify as black these days? Wouldn't I be able to just say, I'm sorry, I identify as black? My family's from southern Italy. It's pretty close. I, no, I'm identifying as black. So give me the money. How dare you say I'm not black and I'm going to sue you? There's, it's, it's so ripe for corruption. It's ridiculous. And not once has anyone even said, this is not even worth getting into because I, I don't want to like talk craziness with crazy people. But how do you how do you how do you do this? How do you make this work? And where's the money coming from? This this city of San Francisco is in in like a, a six hundred million million dollar or billion dollars ridiculous. It's like a half a billion dollar deficit, and they can give five million dollars to every black person. I think they said there were fifty thousand of them. Hard to believe there are even fifty thousand black people here. But let's say there are thirty thousand black people here. Five million to each of Where's the money come from? Out of their asses? Where's it coming from? It's coming from me. It's coming from Mr. White Guy. But that's okay, because there are so many white liberals here with white liberal guilt who would pay it. It's, I, we're living, I'm living in a, 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 the nuttiest of nut houses. And I gotta get out of here! Okay, I'm on a different, f all right, let's go to Daniel. Hello, Daniel. How are you tonight? I am better than last night. I'll, I'll, I'll keep the swearing to a minimum. Or oh, you sound much calmer. You know, you sound much better now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll keep the swearing to a minimum, or at least I'll just, I'll just try to be better at it. <laughs> you go ahead. Um, you know, here what we have is a government and industry and the nexus between them that are playing with fire. And I've mentioned this many times on the show and that fire is their new, their new tool and all the ghosts in, in the machine of that new tool. And that is social media. And we've seen what they can do with it and what they have done with it in the last three years with respect to COVID. They spread the fear of it first which is something that was little more than influenza. And then they spread the, uh, uh, um, the way they, they spread preventional tools, which are totally ineffective um, to, to deal with it. Masks, uh, tools, and uh, policy that was highly destructive, lockdown, uh, all for the purpose of, of gaining control and Get, making lots and lots of money for industry. Here we are. It's a nexus between industry and government, and it's called fascism. And and we have a new tool that is creating this. That is not only. We have a new tool that is taking fascism to places that we could never have entertained it would be taken in our country, not in just our country, in the Western world in general. For one to th so for one to, to think, and, and, I mean, and then we've got numerous other examples with the whole gender nonsense, with uh, Ukraine, um, tr convincing people, convincing of all people, Democrats, the, the left, that that war, and and, and the provocation of of Russia, <laughs> is 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 something that should be tolerated. I mean, we're, we're talking a, a party that has traditionally over the last 50 years been the anti-war party. Mm -hmm. 
this is this is how powerful this tool is that is being used right now. This is how powerful it is. You can destroy our society through pumping up a virus that our our, our grandparents would have laughed at its infection fatality rate compared to influenza that, that they dealt with. You can make people overreact to that. You can make people react to something that it did occupy nobody's mind transgender people occupied nobody's brains for for even a probably seconds out of any given year is is now <laughs> for some people all they talk about this this is the, what this tool has has done to our society and and these people that think that they control it and think that they can 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 manipulate markets of all sorts and manipulate people that is our government thinks that they can manipulate people. They're playing with a very dangerous, dangerous weapon with so many ghosts in it that they do not understand all the ghosts in this machine. And it's not just going to come back to bite them. It's going to it's going to come back to bite our whole society. We need to get a grip on this on social media. There is something that we, we need to we need to educate people and make people aware enough on all sides of the political spectrum, whether they're Democrats, Republicans, Libertarians, Independents, people that just don't give a rat's ass about politics. We need to educate them with what this about what this weapon is that is being deployed against us, this tool that is being deployed against us. Gator has made some points uh, um, in the chat section about uh, uh, the naivety of assuming that this could that uh, some of the bank runs could be uh, manipulated by social contagion. Maybe he's right. Maybe he's wrong. Maybe there is uh, underlying uh, uh, SFB. There was a, a lot of really significant problems, financial problems in that bank. Maybe underlying banks was there's uh, some uh, significant problems underlying that bank. But that doesn't mean that social contagion isn't amplifying those problems. And it also doesn't mean that social contagion could be the entire problem. We have, we have a tool that is, people see it, they see how powerful it is, and they just want to use it. And it has to be stopped. We have to stop it, not by regulating it out of existence. We have to stop it through education. We have to stop it through awareness and recognition of the fact that we do not control it. Yes, that's true. That's true. We don't control it. We don't control it. But once again, look, when you have a situation like with Newsom, right, where we know, where we know that he, was, that he had interest in this bank and he doesn't even reveal that. It's, it's, it's quite obvious. I mean, it's right there in front of us that those who are benefiting the most of this are the wealthiest, right? The wealthiest among us are the ones that are benefiting from this. And as, as every economist I've watched over the last three or four days, said the, the people who are going to foot the bill are us, are the, are, the, are the little guy, are the people who can afford the least. It's going to come back again, make inflation worse. It's all going to bite us in the ass. And look at what's doing now with the stock market, you know, with people who maybe have 401ks or rely on these previously pretty, pretty stable. These aren't like, you know, these, most of these banks like Bank of America, Charles Schwab, very stable, very steady, not risk taking, you know, stocks. And they're plummeting because 
of this. And the wealthy people are not going to feel that. They're getting all their money back. They'll continue playing these games with big money uh, with no with no repercussions. With no repercussions. Gavin Newsom's not going to lose one penny. Gavin Newsom is more full of shit than a porta potty at a Burning Man uh, festival. Oh, that's a good one, Daniel. Is he? And there was, and there was the, the only curse used was shit. That's pretty good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, it's true, though. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the name of that movie. There's a great movie. I think I mentioned to you in the past. With the, there's this alien that. Um, that these two guys, they're on their way to the uh, Comic Con, comic, which is the uh, comic, uh, um, big comic com- conference in Las Vegas or something. They pick up this alien on the, on the screen. It, it's, oh, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, What's it, it's the, name of, uh, the name of it, the name of the alien. What's his name? Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's something like Steve or something like that. <laughs> something really mundane is, is a movie name. <laughs> it's not Steve, but it's something like that. Um, anyway, there, there's a, um, a, a scene in it where they pick up, uh, I'm forgetting her name as well, the actress, um, they, they, they pick her up and, and they teach her how to swear. That, that's me. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I think you're pretty good at it. But look, the, the fact of the matter is, is that we're not going to, this system is not going to change until the people demand it changes. That's what it comes down to. They've got to recognize recognize the tools that are being used against us right now. Um, In in all these cases in which social contagion has been such an important part of the the spread of of malaise and destruction over the last three years or more, um, who has been the winner in in every single situation? It's been, as I'd like to call them, the laptop class, and as many other people have called them, um, it's that that has been who has been the winner, along with the the mega 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 wealthy. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and people st- people just need to, if not outright, um, if not, I think that people need to in in this day and age assume that they're being manipulated not the question shouldn't be are we being manipulated the assumption should be yes we are being manipulated people people are using ai to manipulate you and those those bots are turned loose on you every day if you interact with social media you may not even you well, may not you definitely aren't going to even recognize their influence upon you, whether it's in choices of what you see on Twitter feed or Facebook feed or the Google News feed, those bots are feeding this information to you and it's tailor-made for you. To nudge you in one direction or another is a very, very easy thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, (laughs) yes, yes, (laughs) yeah, of course. You know, so it's... um... All we have to do is, you know what? Maybe if we can't beat the game, we have to play the game, right? If you can't beat him, join him. So how about this, Daniel? If this, it's not going to happen, but let's say in a fantasy world, this this reparations thing here in San Francisco goes through. I am going to, and I, I'm going to, I'm going to recruit people, and I want you to be one of them who identify as African American, and and we are going to identify as African American, and we're going to demand our money. African American and, and and trans too, because I hear that they're getting a little bit extra there, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 like you said, it's it's unconstitutional on many levels. It's stupid 
um, on top of that, I mean, uh, San Francisco never had slavery. Um, it's it's disrespectful. I mean, I've got family on my father's side that have been here pre-Civil War. They're Northerners. Um, I've, I've got people that in my family who I have people in my family that have traced back who I think probably died in the Civil War to disrespect my family like that. Wait a minute. Here, here's, here's breaking news. I have breaking news, Daniel. This is breaking. I, I need a breaking news theme of, you know, do, 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 do. I'll do it my own. I'll do it in my mouth. Do, 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 do. Is that good? Is that good for breaking news? There you go. Do, 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 do. Okay. Breaking news. Breaking news. Here. Here. We have, I, I found the, el- we have the eligibility requirements, Daniel. They, they actually posted the eligibility requirements. It looks like we're in trouble. It looks like everyone's in trouble here. Okay. Required. An individual has a, de- wait a minute. We do, we do meet this one, but we don't meet the, here, this, this, this initial requirement, we do meet. An individual who has identified, identified as black or African American on public documents for at least, well, no, we don't, we, we should have started this 10 years ago. This, see, they they got us, Daniel, they got us. You have to have identified as black or African American on public documents for at least the last decade. So we have to have documents over the last decade that shows us as identified. if I had known this, I would have started this 10 years ago when I moved here, right? I, sh- I should have I should have known I was living in a lunatic place. I should have been identified. Anyway, okay. But now there are two other criteria from the following list. There's a list of several things and you have to meet at least two of them. And you have to wait, and you have to have supporting documentation of this. Here we go. Supporting documentation. Born in San Francisco between 1940 and 1996. So born in San Francisco between 40 and 96 and have proof of residency in San Francisco for at least 13 years. I'm going to say many people won't even be able to find that documentation. Let's go to the next one. Migrated to San Francisco between 40 and 96, 1940 and 1996, and have proof of residency in San Francisco for at least 13 years. Personally or the direct descendant of someone incarcerated by the failed war on drugs. So that's my favorite. That's my favorite. So, so we failed. So, 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 so the war on drugs failed. That is, it failed to curtail drug use. Therefore, we have to reward the criminals that were pushing drugs. What the uh, fuck? And what does that have to do with black? Why do you have to be black? The war yeah, on yeah, yeah. and it's only and it's only black uh, criminals that are going to get rewarded. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So record of attendance in San Francisco public schools during the time of the consent decree to complete desegregation within the school system. Let me read that again. Record of attendance in San Francisco public schools during the time of the consent decree to complete desegregation within the school system. And there was no segregation in San Francisco schools ever. You're right. Now, descendant of someone here. How about this one? Descendant of someone enslaved through U.S. chattel slavery before 1865. How does someone prove that? Who, who knows? But but I but like I said, pre pre Civil War, there was approximately um, 3.5 million uh, um, slaves in this country. Um, during the Civil War, uh, over 600,000 people died. Mm-hmm. 600,000 people died. They weren't slaves. They died. To disrespect those people, especially the Union soldiers who fought to free those 3.5 million slaves. So I I assume that 300,000, at least of those desperate reunion, there's some people that were enslaved. These are 300,000 dead people. To disrespect those people and disrespect their families 
and say, oh, we're going to give money to black descendants of, of slaves, even even though there was never any slavery in, in, in San Francisco. It's just fucking ridiculous. But, but you see, this is, so this, but you see, they've made this even broader than slavery. This is what, what you, so you could, if you prove you were, if you prove you were, uh, you know, affected by the war on drugs, that's one. And the second one, displaced or the direct descendant of someone displaced from the San Francisco, from San Francisco by urban renewal. <laughs> 1954 and 1973. Yeah. If, if someone came in and, and bought a house because they liked San Francisco and the price went up. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, you need to be rewarded for, um, for, for um, not not having the not having sufficient income to stay in San Francisco. What right. the fuck? Listed or the direct descendant of a certificate of preference holder. And here's the last one. This is a good one here. This is a good one. Member of an historically marginalized group that experienced lending discrimination in San Francisco between 1937 and 1968, or subsequently experienced lending discrimination in formerly re. Redline San Francisco communities between 19, I can't read the year, and 2008. They're so insane. And let me tell you what they're oh, saying. So all the, poor, all the poor people, which is yeah. going to be, be predominantly white people, are going to be applying for that one. Well, listen to this, though. This is so insanely racist. But this is par for the course for the modern-day liberal, um, especially the modern-day white liberal. They are the most ra- – what they're saying is because of all this Michigas – that happened decades ago, whether it be slavery or this bad thing or that bad thing, you are now being held down now. You cannot do what we're doing now. You can't get to our level now because of things that happened decades ago and centuries ago. You are, you need the white knight. You need the white liberal knight to help you. Because you, it's all, yeah, it's, it's, it, when it it, it, to, it's so incredibly, disgustingly racist. You oh, are really it's, worthless, yeah. it's, it's and you white, need our help. Yeah, it's it's the white savior bullshit that um, that especially kids graduating from uh, liberal arts colleges um, like to pretend that they are, and they're they're all going to go off to uh, Chicago and and, uh, and and you know the slums, and and they're going to you know because they're white. They're going to free the black man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because the black man can't do it themselves. Right. They can't. Yeah. You can't do it yourself. Yes. And to, to, to think that because of all this that happened in the past, you cannot make something of yourself now and you need a hand down of five million dollars now is so insanely, disgustingly racist. And the fact of the matter is there are bad things that have happened to a lot of us. A lot of people, a lot of a lot Every, of groups, a lot of groups. There is no, there is no race, there is no people from any country that hasn't been the victim of slavery throughout our history. If you want, if 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 black if black people want to uh, really go back to to the origins of slavery and, and hold those responsible most responsible, it should be warring tribes in Africa that enslaved them. Without that, they wouldn't have been slaves. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, putting this at the feet, putting at this at, at the feet of the country that abolished slavery in this world is fucking retarded. And of course, Especially given that right. we and, have and, so and, many and, people in this country that sacrificed their lives to do just that. Exactly. Very good. Very well said. And also, 
it's it, the political timing of this is also grotesque, grotesquely transparent that they're talking about these things, not just on a citywide basis or a statewide basis, also a, a countrywide basis, because the Democrats are truly they, they know they're losing. Right. They know they're losing. They know they're losing people. They know they're 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 hemorrhaging voters by the thousands and thousands. They know they're hemorrhaging voters in the Latino community and the African-American community. We've seen this in elections. We've seen this in polling. We've seen this in actual numbers. And they're truly afraid of what's going to happen next year. They're truly, truly afraid of you know what. You know what. He who not need be said, his name not need be said. I'm not talking about DeSantis. Yeah. Winning again next year. That they are, this is, this is such, it's such blatantly political hogwash to try to get voters back, to try to get voters back that they've lost or solidify a group because they're afraid that these people have finally seen the light. Blacks in this country have finally seen the light and Latinos in this country have finally seen the light that Democrats have been using and abusing them for decades to get votes. And now they want to do this to try to get them to hoodwink them one more time. Yep. And, and and that is primary. One of the big reasons that people like you and myself have left this party is because we are sick and tired of the Democratic Party and what it has become over the last three years, especially, and how it has abused people, 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 at, whether, whether they're black or whether they're white, people that are at the lower a part of the socioeconomic status in this country are getting the crap abused out of them by the laptop class. Anybody, regardless of what race you are, that is falling for this at, at, at this point, really, I, I mean, there are few that are at this point. And that is what, exactly what you said. The Democrats are very, very worried that, that the, the, the jig is up, that, that, the, blue, that the, the blue-collar workers have totally abandoned them, um, and that all they are is a white collar worker party at this point. And that's going to have big repercussions. It's going to have big repercussions for, for a lot of people like like myself that have traditionally been there for the little guy. People like myself who thought education in this country was the, the rung up, the way that you worked yourself up if you weren't born with a silver spoon in your mouth. Those are the people that are going to, that are, I mean, I've already done it. Those are the people that are leaving this party. And what they're going to be left with is is the laptop class that came from privileged, privileged backgrounds, relatively privileged backgrounds, not silver spoons born in their mouth, within their mouth, but maybe they were of some precious metal. And they're going to be sitting, sitting around trying to pretend like they're, they're, they're the white savior. And, and that is going to absolve them from all of the shit that they have done to the working class in this country. Yes. Yeah. Hey, laptop class. Are you going to trademark that? No, nah, it's not my. It's not my doing. Uh, people like Jay Bhattacharya were, were using it. Um, oh, okay. early on Because because COVID policy, um, uh, you know, predominantly served that that class people that could work from at home at lap on their laptops. Um, at least to, to the point where people like Elon Musk and, and Zuckerberg said, enough of that shit, we're firing you all because, hey, we're, we're, we're going to, into our efficiency mode because the market is taking a freaking dive. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, it's but I like laptop class. I think I think it really works. I think there's a certain very, it's very descriptive of that part yeah. of 
segment of, of, of yeah. population and, dem, and uh, demographic demographic of voters. Um, and, and I don't know if Jay was the first one to come up with it or not, but he, he has used it a lot. And it's spot on as far as who uh, um, COVID policy mm. benefited or ostensibly benefited. It benefited nobody. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's the thing that uh, hopefully people will understand, even the laptop class will understand soon enough, that it benefited absolutely nobody, They that they were frightened into thinking that they needed this benefit, that they needed this protection, that they needed the blue collar worker to go out there and 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 fend for them mm-hmm. so, that, so they didn't get the mean, nasty virus. Oh, did you? Speaking of which, perfect. You see what that asshole Sonny Hostin said on The View? Did you see what she said? That she didn't. Um, I would, Mike, do you think I would ever watch The View? Well, I don't watch it. No, 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 Daniel, I don't watch it either. But you're on Twitter, and it comes through. You know, oh, people. Yeah, 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 but she yeah, said, yeah. she said, she, yeah, yeah. I sit down and watch. I wake up and I watch The View every day. What am I, an idiot? No, I just, <laughs> <laughs> no, I just see it on Twitter. So she said that she has not gone to a supermarket for three years because she's afraid to go to supermarkets. So she has the workers. Bring her her food. She has the lowly, low-paid workers, low-wage worker workers bring her food, but she pays them a nice tip. Isn't that and nice isn't of her? Isn't that a perfect metaphor for what has been happening with respect to COVID for the last few years? What has been happening with the whole student loan bullshit? What has been happening with respect to 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 the uh, Ukraine? What's going on in Ukraine? Oh, we're just going to have those people do it for us. Those people are going to go off and, and they're they're going to attenuate the virus for us so that so we can go out of our houses in two years. And those people are going to go fight a war for us because, oh, well, you know, they're, they're those people and they're not us. And and those people are going to go out there and, and you know, it's, it's just it's it's just it, it's as you said. It, it's it's they, they want to be the, the savior. Let's call them the savior class on top of it. I mean, the the the, the the diluted savior class. Yes, <laughs> you know she didn't. She didn't, she made let let them get COVID and die. Let those low wage workers get COVID and bring me my food, you yes. serfs. Bring me my cake and eat it too. <laughs> these people, and if, and if these, people the, these people, are the lowest scum. Glenn Greenwald says it without cursing because he's Glenn Greenwald. Totally hilarious. The View host, Sonny Hostin, says she hasn't been to a grocery store in three years due to COVID fears. Instead, she says, she uses a service that forces low-paid employees to go do her shopping for her, then praises herself because she gives them a nice big tip. <laughs> yeah, I wonder I wonder if uh, we have a hot war with Russia, if, she, if she's going to give them a nice big tip then, too. The, 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 all, all yeah, give the soldiers. I don't, I don't, I'm not fighting this war myself. I'm not going to fight the war. I let others fight the war, but I'm going to send them a nice, I'm going to send their, their wives a nice big tip after they are killed in war for me. Yeah, send, send them a nice little care package with some socks and a tie or something, you know. <laughs> Daniel, thanks for the call. Let me get to Gator here. <laughs> thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Uh, Gator, how's it going over there? Hey. How's everything in the United Kingdom? Well, the United Kingdom, how's everything going? Standard, nothing, nothing, nothing different to what it was yesterday. Uh, uh, you know, um, look, there's this this stuff about the reparations, right? I think I think you're fair to say that the current proposal setup, which goes as far as like dollars for a, a, a house for a dollar and all this sort of stuff, is kind of like art of the Trump sort of thing. Uh, sorry, Trump's art of the deal sort of deal, thing. Yeah. So, yeah. so essentially, you know, make, make a ridiculous opening demand and then see, and then let the other guy beat you down 
Mm. But also, I mean, to be honest, I think it's just a distraction con because um, there's a few things. One, Gator, if, I love you, Gator, but that, that's your angle a lot, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, but I can explain it. So okay, the guy, go ahead, the guy, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No. So if you're if you're complaining that California in general is fucked, and mm-hmm. also there's a small detail of it never having taken part in slavery anyway, mm-hmm. the guy selling black reparation dreams happens to be trying to fail upwards into the presidential race and needs to secure votes in a state where there's a huge amount of difficulty for lower classes. Mm-hmm. Well, that's mm-hmm. a distraction for a start, isn't it? That's the, that's the instant con, isn't it? Right. Yeah. And also by the time he has a shot at the presidential run, black reparations of this scale will not have been resolved at the state level. So um, they won't have been permanently denied and they won't have been paid out. So he'll still be riding on a mythical wave of, hey, Gavin Newsom's the guy who's trying to get black people reparations sure, in absolutely. his state. Sure. Right. Yeah. So that's the game. Right. So there's no point talking about it. The point, the real point of, 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 of um, the things that you should be talking about are basically whether Gavin Newsom is basically a criminal. Right. Or basically, you know, that's with it with to, to do with covid and his insider insider uh, angles on FCB or any of that. Right. In order to in order to te- take it, take, destroy his presidential run. That's what is that's what should be happening to him. Right. And this idea that um, sort of. Uh, what was the thing? The yeah. So. There's an argument about where the money from reparations comes from. And I asked a load of people in a, in a black activist's room on call in, where do you think they should come from? And all of the people said, including, including people who, who, who put themselves out as being very, very well in tune with the, with the, with the plight of black people, they said they should all, uh, the, the money should all come from public funds. I said, right, you've just destroyed your own chances of getting a payout. And I told them that if I was their political opponent, all I would do is I would allow them to beg for the money from 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 tax from from social funds, right? Like the budget. And then I would seed an argument that says it's unfair on the population of the US to pay reparations from just um, the budget or, or public coffers, because you are then trying to socialize the true cost and liability of reparations onto people who had nothing to do with slavery, i.e. most of the population of the US. And instead, what you should be doing is trying to get the money from traceably liable people like individuals who are known to have grown through the slave era, like Benedict Cumberbatch, his family's, um, you know, a person who has, has, has admitted to having benefited from slavery, but you just find influence in the US and all the corporations. And if you start at that end of the money payout spectrum, then you don't lose the popular support for reparations, right? But if you start at the, at the public end, then the political opponents just come in and destroy that by making a, a political uprising against black reparations. That's already happening. I was reading a news article yesterday that, that said exactly what I was saying. It's essentially saying that, that if, if black reparations in California are paid out from public coffers, You've basically punished all of the people inside California who had nothing to do with slavery. That's going to be the end of that reparation. They won't get paid on that basis alone. Of course. It, yes, because the rest of us are punished because our cities are. This is the stunning thing, Gator. This is the stunning thing. 
And I've told you why I believe they're doing this. For obviously, it's just for blatant political reasons with a, with a presidential election coming up. But uh, our city is in such bad shape. You know, this is something that you should never talk about at all. This should never happen. But let's say, let's say, I'll get a perfect, if you're going to bring up something like this, just have some fun with it, and you have nothing better to do, this is when you do it. When you have every, when your budget's dealt with, right? When you're, when you're in the, when you're in the black, not the red, when there's no crime, when there's no homelessness, okay? When rents aren't through the roof and people have no quality of life here, okay? When all of those things are taking, when small businesses are thriving instead of half of them being closed down and counting, when all those things are taken care of, okay? Then maybe you can have some fun. We've done so many good things, it's kind of boring. We don't have any more good things to do. We're bored. Let's talk about this. But for them to do this now, when this city is in the worst shape it's ever been in its history, as far back as documented history goes, with crime and, 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 and uh, homelessness and housing and everything else that comes along with it and small businesses drowning and people leaving in the dr- in hundreds of thousands, to do this now shows that these people are not serious people, Gator. They're not serious people. Uh, they're just not serious about about making their city livable again. They don't care. They only care about their political futures and the political future of their of their cult cultish, grotesque, hypocritical party known as the Democratic Party. That's all they care about. That's all they care about, Gator. And it's such a slap in the face to to the residents of this city who are struggling. And who haven't abandoned it yet, who think maybe they can make a go of it here. It's a total slap in the face. It really is. It's not just adding insult to injury. It's adding, it's adding the worst kind of blatant uh, disrespect to injury. And I, I think it's disgusting. I think these are disgusting people who I can never take seriously again on any subject. That's, that's the problem here. You see what's happening now with vaccines in general. I was watching a story. Uh, not to get off track, or you can go back on track if you want. But I was watching a story about how uh, it said on the. I thought they were talking about the COVID vaccine when you know with little kids who want to go into schools. I forgot where it was, Connecticut or somewhere. I forgot exactly. Maybe not. But it was about kids going to school, and I thought it was a story about the COVID vaccine that their parents didn't want them to get the COVID vaccine, and the school was saying they could not attend school anymore without it. No, no, no. Any vaccines, these parents now, because of what they, how they lied to us about the COVID vaccine, parents are now leery of all previous vaccines. But they did that, Gator. They did that. The establishment did that. The politicians did that. The, the, the doctors and scientists did that. The medical industry did that. Parents that previous to the COVID vaccine had no problem with their children getting their series of vaccines, measles, mumps, rubella, blah, 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 blah. Now are looking at now they're thinking, well, maybe if they lied to us about this vaccine, they've been lying to us all the time about the other vaccines and they don't want their kids getting these vaccines, which many have been proven actually to be safe and effective. You see how that happens? That's what's happening. Our, our, our trust in politicians, in doctors, in the foundations of our society have been eroded by these liars and schemers. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Well, OK, look, so. There's another there's another way of looking at this, though, with the black reparations. Right. And it's about and this should be enshrined in the, in the American notion of individual responsibility, which I think you have to take into account for yourself and for the people who are doing things you don't like. Ignore Gavin Newsom for a second. I agree with you that, in a sense, 
making an argument for reparations in a time of budget surplus makes more sense because it's essentially like you know we've worked up to the we've worked up to the higher levels of Maslow's hierarchy and now we can self-actualize and and, and make ourselves good as a nation right that mm-hmm. makes sense but if you are an individual who is willing to take say five million dollars in handout you are willing for the state to provide you with a house at the cost of one dollar however it does that in the market which is obviously a question in itself but all other forms of ta- uh, uh, many other forms of subsidy right what happens when that individual takes everything that they can and then leaves the state right you've just had literally potentially tens of thousands of people taking billions of dollars out of the state as soon as they've signed the paperwork right yeah that yeah. doesn't that doesn't make a lot of sense does it no right? if you want to create a circular co- a flow of money inside an economy why would you just pay cash that's why not what they're say? doing that's, that, that's not that's you... not their point of this game their point is to simply give them money based on previous what they consider like a previous injury like in a lawsuit yeah sure but there's different right. ways of doing it, not there you could say to them okay you can have you can have a cash amount of this or you can have less cash and more tangible benefit so you can have a free college education in the state of california at these institutions and you can have a certain amount of of housing allowance for a certain period of time for a certain window so that you can live whilst you you know do something else or or if you want to start a business you will get a tax subsidy towards that business and you can you can change the way that the benefits are paid which which basically keeps forms of wealth and money inside or incentivizes them to keep it inside a state you could do all sorts of things if you wanted to right um you absolutely could yeah yeah right? but and that's so, not right but and so you have to ask yourself the question of when people the individuals take the biggest cash sum they can what are they mm-hmm. doing they're expressing individuality aren't they they're basically saying i'm only interested in me and i'll take the cash and walk off and spend it whatever way i want right which is fine you know i mean technically that's okay but um when you get into this you, you basically it's a shared responsibility isn't it it's a shared responsibility from the power offering yeah. whatever it's wanting to offer and it's a shared responsibility of the people taking the shit to work out hang on is this the best thing for me or is this the best thing for us right mm-hmm. and to be honest you can't expect anyone to really actually be thinking i'll do the best thing for us they'll always be doing the best thing for me because you're bred like that you're, you're made to think like that and you know in my society and yours right and that isn't that isn't going to be fixed easily right and that's why you get that's why you live in a top-down control system which is where gavin newsom tells you what you're going to get good or bad because no because people are just too fucking stupid to work out what's good overall right and and, I'll, and the example of that being that, that i went to a group of people who think they know what they're doing when it comes to black reparations and think they have a very strong opinion of this is how it should be for us and because we're the blacks we know what's good for us i went and asked them an open question where do you think the money should come from is all i asked them right and they gave me their straight committed answers and then i undermined their confidence in that by simply giving them one reality one political reality which is now that you've decided that i could fuck up your plan just by turning the rest of the population against you on that basis yep. and they gave up and they've actually changed that you know one of the women leading that group changed her opinion and she said no i thought about it and i think it should come from corporations first Right? But that's you know, what you're dealing with. You're dealing with people who, who even the clever ones 
don't understand everything and they and they can be politically outsmarted at the drop of a hat but this gets even more insulting to everybody to blacks whites whatever whoever may be society when there are people who have actually said there are people who have actually said out loud not not silently out loud that these reparations are needed to stop black youth from killing people to stop black youth from killing people for money and committing crime they need this we have to pay them this money to stop them from killing us people have actually said this well that's just nonsense how, how insulting is that how insulting is that pay them yeah pay the money <laughs> pay 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 someone money so they don't hurt you what what the fuck? these people well, yeah, say this uh, out loud yeah but it also the, the the reality of it is is that most people don't go around hurting each other most people don't it's only a ultra minority of people who do who who commit significant crime and certainly an ultra ultra minority of people who commit violent crime so to try to suggest that you need a mass program to to, to take care of that ultra ultra minority is not true and is is clearly just a false narrative well, also, it's incredibly insulting. It's incredibly insulting to that, to to the, to the black people, to the black race, by saying we need to give black people this money in mass to stop them from committing crimes. And it's insulting to the people who have been victims of crime to say, oh, if you had just paid money to these people who have done this, to you, did they wouldn't have done it to you if you if you had you know if you had just gone along with the blackmail and given them the money. Oh, they wouldn't have had to hurt you. Give them the money. It's deserved. They're hurting you because their ancestors were slaves. This is so insane. Right, the insanity, okay, but... the psychological insanity beyond the, behind this is, I, I, it, it, it's mind blowing to me. It really is. Okay, are there black are there black people making the claim that you, that they that reparations need to be paid to stop? Yes, I've heard that. The, the 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 person I've I've heard, I know many people have been echoing this, but the person I heard saying this was a black person. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so that doesn't that clearly isn't is a form of extortion, isn't it? Right. Yes. But, but, but I would say that. You but also insulting to, to their own people as well as being extortion. Okay. But yes. the obvious the obvious counter to that is to simply ask these people. Oh, right. Where where exactly did you get that opinion from? What is the evidence that allows you to make that statement? And if they cannot answer that question, you just turn around and say, "It sounds to me like you got that opinion." from this edition of the New York Times or whatever fucking newspaper printed it and just challenge people openly to explain where their where their claims come from because most people can't do that they just repeat what the slogan that they read yes yes look actually Laura Ingram has actually has actually covered this today and uh, a board of supervisors member here an openly gay board of supervisors member here named Raphael Mandelman said these reparations are needed for a collective future Gator, our, our collective future together. We must, we must make reparations. We must, we, 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 we absolutely must get down on our knees and do this and give them this money, give black people this money so we can have a cohesive, collective, peaceful society. <laughs> well, okay, here's, here's another thing that won't be put in place, but should, right? It's that if you are running anything, you set an objective, right? You have to define that objective and then you have to have measurements and metrics to work out whether you met it. So black reparations need to be expressed in a way that says the purpose or objective of paying these things is X. And the way that we determine that they have been effective is that we see Y and Z manifest in society. And that puts an end to everything. Right. Mm. Because that means that basically if you're saying 
these claims that we're talking about now that um, black crime should go down if reparations are paid. Well, then, then if it doesn't go down, right, within a certain window, then, then the world has to turn or the, your country has to turn around and tell itself, oh, look, we were wrong about black reparations. It hasn't done any of these things, right? And, and admit that because, because that's the thing that doesn't happen in politics. Nobody ever actually proves their claim was true or false. They just make the claim, do the thing, and then move on and pretend that they never discussed it, right? That it was not a thing. Actually, Laura Ingram just showed the, in her show today, she showed the guy. It was a very well-dressed black guy with a cross around his neck in Sacramento who said, give, we need to give this, we need this money so we stop committing crimes, so our youth stop committing crimes. It's totally ridiculous. But on top of that, all these reparations are also just like, just like illegal immigration. You'll actually hear a lot of Latinos who came here legally to this country saying it's a slap in their face, right? It's a slap in the face to people who went, who came here and did the process legally, just letting everyone in and giving them things. It's a slap in the face to the people who worked their asses off to come here legally and become citizens. Now, this is the same thing. This is a huge slap in the face to the many, 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 many hundreds of thousands of black people who have actually made something of themselves, right? Whether it's doctors or lawyers or actors, you know, people who have made them made something of themselves, who've worked their asses off to make something of themselves. It's a slap in the face saying, no, we're going to give these people five million because they could not they couldn't do what you did for something. Some reason they were being held back mm. psychologically. They were being held back and they couldn't do what you did. They can't. do. Right, what okay. you did. We, have I, to, we have to help I, them do that. We have to help them because they can't do it themselves. It's a okay, real slap you know in what, the face. It's a slap okay, in the face. I, th I think you're making a mistake by trying to be too clever to reuse the reverse racism argument on yourself. It just doesn't work for me. Right. Because. Um. Basically, what you're trying to say is, you know, it's a form of um, patronizing racism for white people to say that we need that the black people need to be dug out of a hole that we put them in. Right. That's sort of what you're saying, as far as I can tell. I don't agree with that because the concept of um, doing somebody harm and then ultimately having to pay the bill is, is well enshrined in law. Right. It's like if you smash into somebody in a car. If they're if they're above a certain wage income and capability in yeah. society already before you smashed into them and you're uh -huh. significantly below, right. well, does that mean that you shouldn't pay for the damage that you caused? No, it doesn't. No legal system thinks that. Wait, way. wait, 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 Gator. I'm, I find a very hole in your logic here. That's very true. That's very true. If we enslave the people who are living right now, if they were enslaved for five or ten years, if they were look, we do this to people who we put in. We don't do it often enough, but it's done sometimes to people who are put in prison, right? And they were right, wrongfully convicted and they were there for 10 years. We give them money. We should actually give them more money. Those people who are wrongfully convicted deserve money, but that's now. So what you're saying is, is that if you were involved and in, if, 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 if my great, 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 great grandfather crashed into his horse and buggy and crashed into your great, 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 great grandfather's horse and buggy in 1872, that we should pay, I should pay you now, 150 years later, 200 years later. That's what you're saying. That's a problem. That, that's, that's the problem here, Gator. This, is, this has nothing to do with now. It has nothing to do with these people's abilities to make things of themselves now. Gator, it's really simple. It really comes down to this, as crass this may sound. People want free money. They want free money. 
The black well, people. By the way, not I don't I don't want to make it sound like every black person is for this. There are many black people. Turn on Fox News. Many blacks. They won't show them on CNN. I don't think. But on Fox News, they'll show them. Many, many black people who say this is insulting, disgusting. Forget about it. But look, there are plenty of people out there who say, "Fuck, I'll take the money." Yeah, give me the money. I deserve it. That's what it comes down to. Gator comes down to laziness and wanting free stuff. Um. No, I don't think so. I think that, I, I I think do. that there is I think there is a possibility that essentially you can use this concept of reparations um, politically to essentially say uh, for, uh, in either good or bad ways, we are literally buying off a racial group's ability to complain for the rest of time that they are mistreated. That's that's one way. That reparations allows you to behave right now the question is then from that point on once you've made the payouts do you actually try to move towards a more egalitarian society in general right so that race and systemic racism isn't a thing anymore in the us that's another separate thing i'll tell you now i'm certain that just because if anybody gets a reparation payout does america stop being racist no, it won't. Of course not. And that's of why we need. Not. It's not, that's it's why not even need... a question. It's not even. There's, there's nothing. There's nothing. There's, there's no hypothesis that will say that's going to happen. It's, of course, it's ridiculous. But that is. And there's another thing that there's another thing that will happen, Gator. That's another thing that would happen. Intrinsic parts of the whole concept right. of reparation. This is what you're trying and to it, do. You're trying to wrong a historical, right a historical wrong, right, and say sorry, right, and trying to say that the compound effect of that wrong has resulted in an openly racist um, and imbalanced and in unequal society today in detriment to, to blacks so so that's why we're paying you the cash mm -hmm. right and that what, and that's to try to sort of compensate on a compound basis but at the same time it's implied yeah. right that there is a spirit of trying to create a more egalitarian society because you wouldn't pay otherwise right right, right. and therefore you need a metric that A says, what did the money actually generally buy? And B, how, how are we proving that we are becoming more egalitarian? And it's neither whatever. of those things will be put in place because that's not really the, the way. And it's why you don't negotiate with terrorists, because once you give them money, they'll always want more money. And that's what happened, Gator. They'd always want more money somewhere down the line. They might wait a few years, might wait a couple of decades, but then they'll say that wasn't enough. That wasn't enough. And they'll hit, well, hit I don't see it that way. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. That's what you're saying. But that's yes, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. But this oh, is what I'm we saying. know. There is no, Once you give free stuff, it happened during COVID, Gator. People were getting checks, and they were like, no, we want more checks. And then they still want checks now, and they still want rent moratoriums now. They still well, want you, more and more okay. and more. It never well, ends. Right, there were open, there were because you're never taught the, to stand on your own two feet. There were open stories about the amount of um, payout check fraud that was occurring in America through COVID, right? Sure, yes. And they weren't being done. I, I could tell you now, they won't have been done by a, um, they'll be, have been done by a minority of people, okay? And they won't be in, they will probably be in several ethnic groups, if not <laughs> a significant number of them being proportionally white, because it's crime is crime, right? I don't think that everybody wants a handout. I think that everybody wants, I, I think people can, understand equity in systems right when but it's a question of the difficulty in general in making those systems in the first place i don't think you can compare 
black reparations to COVID checks, they're just not the same thing. No, what I'm saying is all these systems they put in, all these things that they put in can be easily corrupted by people. They try to make it where you can't corrupt it, right? You have to have this documentation, that documentation. But that's what happened during the COVID thing, too. But there were people who were smart enough, clever enough to get around all that stuff and found a way to, once again, found a way to um, get around the system and ended up getting money they didn't deserve. And that happens with all these programs because it's all red tape. It's all run by these morons who run these cities, morons, and they don't pay attention and things get happen. That's why all this money gets lost. Gator, we don't have competent people. We don't have competent enough people to even run these kinds of programs to make sure they're run well enough where there's not a lot of corruption. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. But COVID, COVID checks are not comparable because the COVID check system was designed on a whim and paid out on a whim. And under those circumstances, you can't expect competent administration under very high, uh, very tight time constraints and complexity with high demand, right? Black reparation paperwork and, 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 and qualifying requirements, they're not going to be paid out next year or something like that, are they, right? For obvious reasons. And even if you, so even if you did manage to pull off a state or nationwide system, it, would, it wouldn't implement for five years, right? Yeah. And the amounts of money that we're in the state would be so fucking big that basically people would say we have to have a very strict set of criteria and we have to have um, payouts that right. are administered properly. And if that takes three years to get, then so be it. That's the kind of thing that will happen with reparation. COVID's not the same. That was a panic payment. No, I understand. I, I get it. I understand what you're saying. But the, the bottom line is the reason why this they're talking about this is simply to score political brownie points. This is not going to happen. So it's all done for political reasons, to score political brownie points. And once again, as I said, to hoodwink a voting block, they're losing back into their onto their side again. That That's basically what it comes down to, which yeah. is why you have a lot of people such as Laura Ingram today saying, OK, pay it out. Stop. Stop talking about it. Do it. Pay it. Do it now. Pay the money. Stop talking. But they're not going to because it's the talking that the, it's the talking that that that's all they know is the talking. All is all it's about is the talking, just like the student loan forgiveness. No one paid out. No one's got their student loans forgiven. They won't. They won't. So that's the point. Hey, you're going to forgive student loans. Do it now. Today. Go ahead. Go ahead. If you're going to give five million dollars to every black person in San Francisco, get that money in the mail. Get those checks out now. Stop fucking talking about it so much. Why are you talking about it so much? Because that's all it's going to be, Gator, is talking and talking and talking. Yeah, yeah of course. And, and the bottom line is that if you can spend this much money on a war, again, right, you can spend money on anything you like very, very quickly. And, 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 they, and, and as you say, and as we agreed at the beginning, yeah, I, I, it's um, political theatre for yeah. Gavin Newsom's uh, run for the Senate, for the seat. Right. Political theatre. Absolutely. Absolutely. Gator. Anything else you want to talk about? Oh, Gator, wait a minute. I want to ask you one question before you leave. So is this happening in the UK at all? Do you hear anything about reparations there? No, not 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 black reparations in the UK. Because po politically there's no angle, is there? Is there a political angle there for that? Well, I mean, you'd be trying to you'd be trying to um, rehash the arguments of the British Empire. There are some there are some conditions. There's like, for example, there have been the occasional um, British mishandling of um, uh, say the Windrush uh, scandal, where there were people brought in from Jamaica who were naturalised, and then they were, the, the British government was literally recently trying to eject them under false pretences and in nasty ways. That was a problem. There's also now 
um, mishandling by Rwan of Rwandan um, refugees, but that's a pretty contained a contained thing. But I think historically, there's nothing on the cards at the moment. I mean, you know, the British the British Empire left a long time ago, and um, I don't think there's that many cl- open. Well, there's not loads of open claims at the moment. Wait a minute, does, didn't you end up with, with racism? Isn't just in this country. There's race, racism everywhere. There was racism in the United Kingdom. Wait a minute, wasn't there? The UK isn't wasn't your big thing there, didn't you? Wasn't there problems with Northern Ireland? Wasn't there? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, we they, we had basically to cut a long story short, the the IRA, which yeah, the IRA. They, Should they there bombed, be reparations they, they for bombed, the people they, there? They bombed, they bombed their way into politics. Is right. what they did. Right. We said we don't negotiate with terrorists, and then we basically negotiated with terrorists, which is true. All all governments negotiate with terrorists. Right. Right, of all, of all different kinds. Terrorists come in all different sizes, all different packages. You know, sometimes sometimes they could be our neighbors. G- Gator, thanks for the call. I really appreciate it. Yes, of course. I do want to read this one article. Um, I do want to read this one article. This is uh, was written a couple of months ago, but it's, it's perfectly fine in line with what they were talking about. Uh, San Francisco, this is at the National Review. San Francisco's Insane Reparations Program, an advisory committee to the city of San Francisco has recommended the city pay reparations to its black population. The plan was prepared by the San Francisco Human Rights Commission staff for the San Francisco African-American Reparations Advisory Committee, the very name of which suggests that the committee's conclusions were foregone. This is madness. Under the plan, the city would pay a minimum of $5 million to each qualifying black resident of the city over 18 and commit to a, listen to this also, I didn't mention this, a 250-year program of guaranteeing a $97,000 income uh, to low-income black residents, or rather those who are still low-income after they are given $5 million of public money. The 250-year requirement aims to disenfranchise the next two and a half centuries of San Francisco residents from voting on whether to change the program once they see how it plays out in practice. But I should also mention they added something else, that black people can buy a house for a dollar. Where these houses are, I don't know. What do you do? You take over homes and you say, get the fuck out. A black person's buying it for a buck. The revival of the reparations movement derives largely from a 2014 Atlantic essay, but to Nahisi Cotes, Ta Nahisi Coates, which is cited in the report. This would be by far the most ambitious attempt yet at reparations, and it lays bare the flaws in the whole concept. Those include deliberately conflating the unique historical injustice of slavery with other forms of legal discrimination. The report acknowledges that neither San Francisco nor California formally adopted the institution of chattel slavery, yet claims that California and its localities meaningfully enforced and upheld slavery by perpetuating the racial caste system of subjugating black Americans from the freedoms assured to them by Declaration of Independence. Then there is simple ignorance. The United States was wholly supportive of, of independent upon the enslavement of African people and their descendants as a vehicle that established and propelled the country's economy wholly dependent, the vehicle? In one fell swoop, the Human Rights Commission staff writes, the labors of nearly 90% of American of the American population, including generations of small farmers, inventors, and industrialists, entirely out of American economic history. The notion that the city of San Francisco as an entity owes reparations for slavery is absolutely preposterous. The enslavement of Africans and their descendants by Europeans and their descendants is what is now the United States traces back to 1526 in Spanish Georgia, 1619 in British Virginia, and 1626 in Dutch New York. 
Racial chattel slavery was formalized in law in Virginia in 1661 and Maryland in 1664. San Francisco, by contrast, was not even discovered by Europeans until 1769, had no permanent non-native settlement until 1835, and had fewer than 300 residents until 1846. What built the city was the gold rush. The report strains its reasoning to the breaking point in arguing why California and San Francisco are nonetheless guilty. The state's founders were post-slavery. 36% of American-born Californians in the 1850s were white Southerners who strategically sought statehood for California as a free state to avoid controversy and expedite access to federal resources. California's first elected governor, Peter Burnett, was a renowned racist who had established Oregon as a whites-only state through its legislature in 1844 and attempted to do the same in California in 1849. His efforts failed because of the desire of pro-slavery settlers to utilize and economically benefit from labor across the state. Not only does this attempt to justify reparations proposals that were never adopted in California, it stands the history of California statehood on its head. True, California in 1850 had a large population of pro-slavery migrants from the South who were given some legal latitude in bringing small numbers of slaves through the territory. But when California was admitted to the Union as a free state in 1850, it was over the bitter objections of the slave states because its admission permanently tilted the free states, slave state balance of the Senate in favor of the free states. Only the Compromise of 1850, which granted significant concessions, significant concessions to the southern states in strengthening the Fugitive Slave Act, prevented a civil war over the admission of California. If one considers the taxpayers of San Francisco, who will actually foot the bill for this, the case for saddling them with financial responsibility for American slavery, even more recent injustices, becomes even more ridiculous. Over 34% of San Franciscans are foreign-born, having no historic ties to the American past. That number has been above a third for four decades and was also consistently between a third and half of the city's population between 1860 and 1910. It's been 40 years since non-Hispanic whites made up a majority of San Francisco population, which as of the 2020 census was about 34% Asian American, including South Asian, and about 16% Hispanic. San Francisco being penalized for the sins of someone else's fathers. This, the message this sends to immigrants who have come to America to escape old tri tribal grudges is not an encouraging or welcoming one. The report focuses heavily on legal discrimination against black San Franciscans in the 1940s and 50s. But if reparations are based on injustices and discrimination other than slavery, there is a far weaker case for singling out a single group of benefits. If anything, California and San Francisco have a much more egregious history of injustice done by the government towards Native Americans and people of Chinese and Japanese descent. Those injustices include laws that prevented Asian Americans from owning guns or even testifying in court. Then there are the legal and moral problems with giving people money on the basis of race without requiring them to show that they have ever suffered any injustice. As the report acknowledges, this creates legal problems under state law. Prop 209, which bans government institutions from taking affirmative actions based on race, sex, or, or ethnicity, poses a challenge to the city to implement programs seen as giving preference. Yet the report does not recommend limiting benefits to descendants of slaves, and this list of proofs of suffering past injustice is quite elastic, as I mentioned, including black immigrants from foreign countries to San Francisco as late as 1996, and those who are personally or the direct descendant of someone incarcerated by the failed war on drugs. Giving someone five million for being a heroin trafficker doesn't really seem like justice. The report also does not exclude the descendants of slave owners, slave catchers, or other perpetrators of historic injustices. 
Reparations programs that aim to benefit entire groups of people on the basis of long ago injustices along racial or ethnic lines simply exacerbate racial thinking and racial resentment on all sides. Exactly. We suspect that the exorbitant price tag will make it easy for even San Francisco to reject this proposal at a time when the city faces many more immediate and concrete challenges to the safety and quality of life of its population. As I said, it should also stand as a warning against the madness of reparations. That's a great article. I should spread this around, uh, written by the National Review uh, editors back on January 18th. So, um, I think, once again, yes, it's absolutely insane. There's no doubt about it. There's no way you can't think this is insane or right or just. It just isn't. It just isn't on any moral, ethical, factual basis of, of any kind. But it's simply being done to once again hoodwink this group into believing the liberal left, the Democrats are on their side, care about them, want to make right, want to do right by them, when, of course, we know that's not the case. That's just simply not the case. And they know they're losing these groups, so they have to do these things to try to get them back. And as Gator said, the talk, this is why Laura Ingram and many people saying, okay, we don't agree with this, but give the money out. Go ahead. Dole it out. Send those, put those checks, cut those checks today. They won't do that because they need to keep talking about this through the elections, right? Just the way Biden made, there were no student loan bailouts before the midterms. No one got their loans nullified. They just had to talk about it to get those people to vote for them. And they just got to talk about this to get these people to vote for them. That's the whole point of it. That's the whole point of this insanity. There are other articles you can read. The Cato Institute also writes, uh, San Francisco's reparations plan is true lunacy. That's another good one. You can go to Cato.org. This was written on January 19th by Doug Bandow. And it's, it's more of, of uh, you know, progressives want San Francisco residents to pay reparations for slaves their ancestors didn't own. It's, it's just more, it, it's total lunacy, 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 up and down, left and right. But they'll fool some people to voting for them, just like they fooled many young people to voting for them in the midterms. That's the whole point. Democrats are evil. This is evil. Any, any party that does this is evil. It's true evil. To really make people think that their student loans are going to be forgiven, that, that maybe that $50,000 is not going to be theirs to have to pay off or to think they can get a $5 million check in the mail anytime soon or be able to get uh, whatever it is, $97,000 a year for the next 250 years of their lives and their, their just lives of their children or think they can buy a house for a buck. It's evil to do that. It's evil to do that shit. It's like scam. It's like it's like it's like those cheap scams you get in the email from Olga in the in the Bulgaria. It's it's disgusting. It's truly cheap. It's fucking cheap. Ugh. Once again, I cannot believe I was ever part of this group of people. I can't believe I ever. I want reparations for voting for Democrats. That's what I want. I want reparations for voting for Democrats for the first however many years, 30 years of my life, voting life. I want reparations for three decades. How much can I get for voting for Democrats for three decades? I want fucking, I want reparations. Give me reparations. Now, how much is that worth? It seems to be worth more and more each day. Each day, it seems to be worth more and more. 
Well, I was also going to talk about. I was also going to talk about. What was I also going to talk about? DeSantis. Um, now, uh, well, I could hint it. Hint it. Maybe we should. Maybe I should lead with this tomorrow. There was something. That, once again, this is DeSantis saying Ukraine support is not vital national interest. All the neocons and the GOP and the and the, the Democratic Party came out and were just. Uh, what do you want? What do you want to hear? Do you want to hear something, Andrew? What do you want to hear? You said I want to hear this. What do you want to hear? The thing about DeSantis. You have DeSantis story. You want to hear it now? Is that the vote? Are we voting on me doing this now? Not waiting till tomorrow. Want to do it now? All right, I can do it now. I'll do it now. Okay, we'll, we'll end with this, but this I think is important. So, <laughs> several key Republican senators on Tuesday pushed back against Florida Governor's Ron DeSantis' recent comments that U.S. support for Ukraine is not vital national interest, exposing a key intra-party fault line ahead of the election. To say this doesn't matter is to say we, that war crimes don't matter, said Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham, who never saw a war he didn't love, the bell of the ball, has never seen a war he hasn't loved, and he's never seen a war that he's actually fought himself. Lindsey Graham told CNN, adding that Russian President Vladimir Putin's aggression will go beyond Ukraine. You see, so this is the funny thing about Lindsey Graham is that he's a Trump surrogate. <laughs> and yet he's totally for the war that Trump is against. Maybe Trump doesn't seem to get this. On Monday, DeSantis, who has not yet announced a presidential bid, said in a statement responding to a questionnaire from Fox News Tucker Carlson that while the U.S. has many vital national interests, becoming further entangled in a territorial dispute between Ukraine and Russia is probably is not one of them. We cannot prioritize intervention in an escalating foreign war over the defense of our own homeland, especially as tens of thousands of Americans are dying every year from narcotics smuggled across our open border and our weapons arsenals critical for our own security are rapidly being depleted. The comments put the Sanders ideologically closer in line with Trump, the biggest name in the primary, and at odds with the Nikki Haley's and the Pendens. Uh, so, Governor Sanders is a veteran. He's a smart guy, said uh, Cornyn. I understand him saying the Ukraine's. So, all these, yeah, so all of the neocons on both sides of the aisle, and there are many in both parties, are now going crazy, are going crazy that DeSantis isn't for. This giving Ukraine all of our weapons, all of our money, everything. This is the same thing as the black giving the blacks them. We don't have the money. We don't have the money for this. This country doesn't have the money. They don't have the money for this. We don't have the money to give Ukraine billions of dollars for as long as it takes. How many billions is that? Is it three? Is it ten? Is it five hundred billion? Is it half a trillion? What is it? Yes, according to these neocons, that's where it is. Give them all of our weapons and all of our money. If it takes ten fucking years, if it's a hundred year war. In the words of John McCain about Iraq, yes, give it to them for a hundred years. Once again, as with Iraq, as with Afghanistan, as with COVID, there's no end game. There's no exit strategy here. Well, Andrew, you wanted to hear about it. What do you got to say about it? Well, I'd like to hear DeSantis speak more clearly about this because. To me, though he's made a distinction in saying that there's no national interest or not at least a vital interest for the U.S. and Ukraine, Obama basically said the same thing. And if you remove that comment, which I'm not sure Biden has explicitly said that there's a, a vital U.S. interest in Ukraine, even though his administration is acting like it, they're acting insane. 
Um, you know, the things that DeSantis said were his limits were pretty much exactly what the Biden administration has already said, which is no jets, no long range weapons, no attack missiles. So, you know, the sissies like Lindsey Graham come out and start crying and, you know, all the Republican neocons start crapping themselves. But what did he really say? This reminds me of when McCarthy got a bunch of heat for saying we're not going to give Ukraine a blank check. Well, that's kind of, you know, stating the obvious, you know, we even though we've been acting like it, everyone knows there's a limit. I mean, these people are taking up the the lane to be opposition. The bar is so low that I'd just like to hear a more. Well, but it's all it's also almost like the reparation story in that. Does it really matter? Does right. it really matter with the candidates who are going to take office on January 20th, 2020? By then, it I, will probably be over one way or the other. It seems you? like it. Yeah. Right. So does it really matter where they stand? on? They have no power. They have no power over any policy until January 20th, 2020, the very earliest. So what, what is the point even in asking? What you're trying to get more of a sense of, forget about Ukraine, is I guess these things in general, right? The idea of American intervention and giving other countries all these weapons and the, the idea of getting involved in other people's conflicts. They're generally, where do they stand? Okay, we do know where Trump stands on that. We do. Okay, fine. So we're trying to find out where Ron DeSantis and all these others would stand on, on that. And I think I'm getting kind of an idea that you're right. I mean, I, I, Ron, what, no candidate's going to come out, very few candidates who have a chance to win, let's say. That's the problem. Yeah. They're going to come out and say, no, no intervention ever. Not, we're not getting involved. America first. We're never going to do it. They're not going to say that. So you're trying to get kind of a sense as to maybe how likely someone would be to do what Biden's doing now. And I don't think DeSantis is very likely to back this kind of a thing in the future. I really don't. Yeah. It's uh, I've just heard a bunch of people say, you know, this is proof he's not a neocon and things like that. Well, I don't think it's a neocon. I think I think Mike Pence is more of a neocon. And Nikki Haley are more neocons than, than Ron DeSantis is. And I'm just, not sure that's true. I feel like what, the honest truth is that they're dumb neocons, and DeSantis just might be a smart neocon. I mean, if 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 you're for me, I, he clearly wants you know to have a confrontation with China in some way. He wants to take them on, and whether or not that means military, I'm not saying he wants a war, but it's it's an attitude that. I think could fairly be characterized as a neocon attitude. I don't know if neocons always need to go to war, though I'm sure they would like to. I mean, all I'm saying is that I'm a little cautious on the whole narrative of what DeSantis is or isn't just based on these statements. Like like you said, he can say these things, you know, take heat from the Republican Party because they're psychopaths and then kind of not have to do anything because two years down the line, it's probably going to be over. I'm just holding my, I'm keeping my powder dry on, DeSantis and you know with Trump uh, you know he he says the right things and then he has people like Lindsey Graham follow him around and he appoints people like John Bolton Any, anybody that thinks it would be different a second time around is smoking something well we do we do know right 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 he hangs out with Lindsey Graham's and John Bolton's I think I'm once again I don't want to necessarily give Trump credit on this but he, he really in his four years in office he really didn't start any new wars there, there was none of this stuff going on and I think a big reason why none of this went on for those four years because other countries knew he wasn't going to do what Biden they, they knew they couldn't use him uh, Zelensky knew that Trump would not be the sugar daddy the way Biden is right I mean I think that was just understood at least it was thought to be 
by these leaders. I think you're right. I think Trump is more transactional, and he would have, you know, said, "What are we getting out of this type exactly. of exactly? No doubt about it. No doubt. There's a kind of ideology. There is a neocon ideology. I don't think it's Democrat Republican. I think it's a American exceptionalism, America World Police ideology. And I think that there are dumb neocons that are very invested in Ukraine, and then there are smarter neocons. And I say dumb and smart because China is a larger threat or a competitor. I mean, there's no denying that. If if you look at the real competition to America, it's China. But the the smart neocons do want to take on China, and so that's why I just make that distinction. And I'm not sure that DeSantis isn't a neocon. I just think he might be a smart neocon, and therefore a very dangerous one. But We'll see. I mean, uh, it's quite a long way off, and I just appreciate you covering the topic at all. Yeah, and more of this will come out in the wash, I would think, over the next year. You know, I mean, there's a lot to be a lot of campaigning, a lot of ads, a lot of debates, a dozen debates. I mean, these questions will be asked. They'll have to probably go a little bit further in interviews into all this stuff. So, yeah. so I think that, once again, I think that I think you and I can agree, probably the issue of Ukraine specifically is not really going to matter two years from now. I hope not. Yeah, well, we're doing deep shit if it's still going on like this. To you, if we're still, if we're still, I, I can, I think if we're still feeding them money two years from now, if it's a Republican, especially if it's a Trump or a DeSantis, those checks will stop. I think they will. I think we can't keep doing this. We just can't keep doing it. Yeah, time will tell. It might yeah. even stop before then because they collapse. Who knows? But right, right, right. Yeah. So once again, it's but the neocons are certainly jumping down DeSantis's throat, though. Right. They, they certainly are. Yeah, so, they, they always do. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, like I said, McCarthy literally just said we're not going to give him a blank check. And it was as if he had, you know, literally sucked Putin's dick or something. It was, uh, <laughs> it was yeah. insane. Well, OK. Uh, yeah. So so if DeSantis isn't like that, that might be a positive still. Right. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, mean, I said, it's a low bar, but let's see what happens. Exactly. Exactly. All right, Andrew. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. Sure. Uh, okay, so I covered the story. I mean, there'll be more of this. It's just, you know, I think I just think hilarious how all these neocons are, are jumping down his throat, you know, as though, like we talked about, he has to simply say, no, no, as much money, whatever they need for as long as they want. If anything short of that, like you said, Andrew, the bar is low. It's like he's, a, he's something's wrong with the guy, that he's soft, that he's a Putin supporter. It's ridiculous. It shows how crazy things have gone. It really is. It shows how, it shows how, how lunatic, how nutty things have gotten here. That you can't simply say something that just makes sense, that has some any kind of legitimate sense, common sense to it. You can't you can't do it. You have to be all in one way. You have to be all in or you're going to be attacked. But I think DeSantis and Trump are seeing the way a lot of the Republican voters are going and the populism of the Republican Party is that they don't want this anymore. They don't want us involved in these places anymore, whether it's in Eastern Europe or Middle East. They want us to to take care of the situation here at home. So they want us, the Republican Party, most of the voters, many of the voters want the border secured here. They don't care about the border in Ukraine. They care about here and they want the border secure here. That's what they, that's, this is like I said, things are not, things are all fucked up here in San Francisco. I'm talking about giving one particular racial group $5 million a piece and things are so fucked up in this country. We have an open border. We have a border where millions of illegals are coming in and spreading fentanyl and getting free stuff and taking jobs. This is like the problem. And a lot of Republicans are now seeing this. Like this is what this is our track, right? This is our track to victory. 
This is what people here care about, especially in the Republican primary. They can, they want, they care about closing this border. They don't care about the Ukraine border. They care about the homeland. And so it's smart of Trump and DeSantis to talk this way. I think it is. We'll see how it plays out. Um, so there was something I wanted to play, but I may hold that for tomorrow. I may hold that for tomorrow. There's some videos I wanted to play here regarding. Well, I guess we can. Yeah, I guess we can. Uh, some Epstein stuff. There's some more stuff regarding uh, Fauci and COVID. And uh, anyway, yeah, I think we'll I think we'll call it that. We we had a good discussion here on rep, rep, uh, reparations and on uh, you know the Ukraine situation. So. I think I want to remind everyone that this show called and let's be heard airs weeknights, uh, 11 PM Pacific, uh, 2 AM Eastern time. And so that means I'll be right back with you again here tomorrow night for more, more fun and frolic and more news talk and whatever you want to talk about. Uh, I want to thank who called today. I want to thank the callers. I think I need to start thanking callers. And uh, Andrew called in, and uh, Daniel called in, right? And who else called in? Gator uh, also called in. So I do want to thank the callers. I want to thank everyone who listened. And remember, I'll see you right back here tomorrow night. But but until then, this is Mike Pichopoli reminding you that your influence counts. Use it. <laughs>